What up? It's me, your boy, David, your bearded ginger host of Ozpol Explained, where I explore the most pressing mysteries in Australian politics. Today we'll be tackling one of the strangest and most mysterious things in all of Australian political history. Something that has baffled people nationwide for literally decades. Why on earth is the Australian Labour Party spelled like an American would spell the word Labour? Where is the U? Who took it from us? Where are they hiding it? Exhibit A. Labour. The word for work. Spelled L-A-B-O-U-R. Exhibit B. Labour. The name of the oldest still running political party in Australian history. Spelled L-A-B-O-R. Exhibit C. The entire rest of the Australian English spelling tradition. Armour. Humour. Tumour. Etc. Etc. All these words end with O. You are. This is how we spell words because unlike Americans, we are not American. So let's find out where we got this from. The history. The name is taken from a pretty literal origin, the Australian labour movement. There are a bunch of unions who wanted better conditions for workers and realised that they needed to formally enter politics and introduce legislation to make that happen. In the late 1800s and in the early 1900s around the world, labour movements were entering politics. And in dozens of countries we still have labour parties. Andrew Fisher made history in 1910 with not just the first Prime Minister to form a majority government in Australia, but also the first labour party in the world to form a majority government. The party at the time was spelled Labour with a U. But by the time of the next election in 1913, Labour was spelled without a U. But the switch isn't so simple, because you see, although the Federal Party name was originally Labour with a U, the first Labour Party was pre-Federation. It was during the 1891 New South Wales state election, and it was spelled without a U. So, was it a change from one to the other and then back? No, nothing so simple as that. It was a bit of a mess because Labour would use both spellings. Federally, they kept changing back and forth for over a decade before they eventually settled on the spelling in 1912. Even then, state Labour parties named their party differently until 1918, when finally it was uniform nationwide. That's almost 30 years of the Labour Party being like, how do we spell our name? Uh, I don't know. But from that point on, it was Labour without a U and it has stuck ever since for over a hundred years. But still, that doesn't answer the question of why. Let's talk about King O'Malley for a moment. That was his actual name, and he was part of the first parliament in 1901 and served until 1917. Fun fact, it's actually illegal to call your child King in Australia because it refers to an official title or rank. But here's the thing. King O'Malley wasn't born in Australia. He was born in, um... Well, he was probably American, likely to be from Kansas or... Quebec, 
in Canada. See, the thing is, he himself was not consistent about his claims about his country of origin, nor was he consistent even about the day or year he was born. There's a pretty important reason for this. Section 44 of the Constitution says that you can't be in Parliament if you have citizenship of another country. But Australian citizenship didn't actually exist properly until 1948. So the question of eligibility came down to whether or not you were an English subject. Were you a politician born in London? No worries. Were you born in Canada? That's fine. America though. Ooh, well now we all know that they're not English subjects. There was like, you know, a whole war to do with that. So O'Malley had a little bit of a problem in that he absolutely loved his American identity. And also he wanted to be in politics. He was probably the kind of person who would wear clothes made entirely out of American flags if that had been a cultural norm back in the time. He had gone around telling a bunch of people that he was American, he was raised in the US, and he had such a proud love of America that he eventually started telling people later on in life that his birthday was the 4th of July. Independence Day. He was probably born the 2nd of July based off his diaries, so not so far off, but you know, still, come on, dude. He also said that his birth year was 1858, uh, but then later in life said it was 1854, so we think he died at age 95, though we cannot be completely sure. So to get round this issue of eligibility, he told everyone he was born in Canada, near the border, to explain how he was legally allowed to be elected, but then he quickly crossed over the border and was raised in America, which explains how he was legally allowed to be elected, but he was raised in America, which explains why he is so culturally connected to the place. His political opponents at the time were all, this dude seems pretty American, he keeps going on about how much he loves his childhood, you know, in America. I bet he's making up this whole Canadian thing. And then O'Malley was like, yeah, but like, prove it. And also by coincidence, I don't have a birth certificate. I just don't. After his parliamentary career ended, he boldly outright said, I'm an American, but he was already out of politics. So like, what were they going to do? Nothing. Fun fact. He then went on to outlive pretty much all of his contemporaries and was the last person to die from the original parliament of 1901, which is a baller move. Dunk on the haters by just outliving them all. Suckers. This is all just context for the most enduring story that's been posed as an answer to the mystery of the missing you. See, with all that, heck yeah, America stuff in mind, Allegedly, the story goes that King O'Malley pushed internally for the Labour Party to accept what he called modern spelling. He was all, you know what's great? America. Let's drop the U's and words to make ourselves look modern and cool. Yeehaw! I'm an American. I mean, I'm a Canadian. Anyway, God bless America and its way of spelling. I'm King O'Malley. Definitely not an American. And then, I don't know, fired some pistols in the air and then drove off in an oversized, like, horse and carriage into the sunset where, like, a bold eagle flew overhead. You know, 
Canadian things. This push didn't really go any further than Labour's name, and we still have the U in words like colour. But what if there's a different reason? Labour was, back in the early 1900s, influenced by the US union movements. The Australian Services Union would also write publications without a year, and this bled into the Labour Party's writing too. So one bit of writing would say Labour with a U, and another would say Labour without a U. It could be that this dual spelling convention was just a natural side effect of that, and it took a while before it was solidified. Labour historian Ross McMullen wrote a book about the centenary of the Labour Party. He had this to say on the subject. The main supreme decision-making body, now called National Conference, then was called Federal Conference. I ended up coming to the view that the way the spelling of Labour Party was consolidated had more to do with the chap who ended up being in charge of printing the Federal Conference report than any other reason. I think in 02 it was OR without a U in the Federal Conference report. In 05 it was OUR with a U. In 08 it was OUR, in 1912 it was OR, and from then on it was OR. So the person who did the 1912 booklet won the day. That's all I've been able to come up with. So really, ultimately, it might be that it was just an accident that eventually stuck. Or we might have been a coin toss away from having the Labour Party spelled with a U based off who was chosen to write a booklet back in 1912, which is so anticlimactic to just be like looking at a booklet and be like, oh yeah, we'll keep that. As you can see, that story is not as interesting as the O'Malley one, so the idea that O'Malley is responsible is a very common explanation. Whether it was an internal push from the totally, definitely Canadian-born politician King O'Malley, wink, or whether it was just the influence of overseas publications bleeding into official Labour booklets, or a mix of the two, we may never know. Whatever the reason is, we are likely to be stuck with the American spelling for the foreseeable future. Thank you so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed this. Comment down below what you would like to learn about next. Don't forget to share, subscribe, all those things. And there is links in the description to my Patreon where you can help support free education for everyone and find a copy of the script with all the citations I used to make this as always. Thank you so much. And I will see you next time.